Jennifer. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleevo Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. And I'm Jen. And Ed could not join us tonight, so it is just the two of us in his steed. Ed is having some computer problems. Uh, We did try to call him, and we were unable to get him on the line, so uh, we might hear from him later in the show. But uh, but yes, welcome to the Gleevo Podcast. You can find us online at gleevopodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleevo Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He is at Edward Giordano Jennifer. Joshua. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing good. good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be doing the show. Good. Um, well, that's good. I'm happy we got some people in the chat room. Nice. Uh, I'm bummed that uh, Ed can't be with us because he always provides some nice perspective yes. on the show. So uh, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna feel weird. It's it's a little strange. <laughs> like I feel like something's missing. Like and when something he's very kind of uh, you know, like like Ed's kind of the wild card. I usually know what you're gonna think about things, but uh, but I don't always know where Ed's gonna go. And so uh, so Ed's kind of the wild card that keeps things interesting. <laughs> but we will try to keep things interesting on our own Uh, so yes um, welcome in we are going to discuss the Glee prom on the episode tonight Uh, but before we do that Jennifer yes what was the theme to your senior prom also in the chat room that one's to you really well what's the theme (laughs) what was it what was your senior prom theme well we didn't have a theme we didn't do themes oh okay but um, the the prom song for my senior year was We Are the World. <laughs> we Are the World. Did you all hold hands and stand in a circle and sway back and forth? <gasps> we Are the World. We might have. We all went with friends. None we of us, well, none of my friends were with dates. We were all just with our, our guy friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Was that like by design or just nobody had a sure. date? <laughs> interesting <laughs> there's a story yes. here we're not going to talk about on the podcast well you couldn't i don't know if you could buy um stag tickets i don't know if you like go single to the prom. yeah that wasn't allowed when i was in high school either. but um but yeah so we all we all went with friends and it was fun well there you go <laughs> no, i'm embarrassed uh was, my what was well, your theme my prom theme was um my prom theme was wonderful tonight the uh, Eric Clapton song. So that was uh, your song. Uh, well, there was there wasn't really any definitive song. Like the year I graduated, I'm trying to think like what the big song would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're talking like the the dark ages of. I mean, all I remember is that I think it was my senior year that Kurt Cobain died. Oh wow! And so I remember that being a big thing. Okay. And I remember, like, it was this weird time in music when I was graduating high school where at the prom they would be playing, like, uh, like Salt and Peppa and Blind Peppa. Melon. 
okay. like at the same thing. It was yeah. like like hip hop hadn't quite taken over popular radio yet, right. and and grunge. but grunge like couldn't quite. I mean, it was there was a lot of grunge on popular radio, but mm-hmm. actually the biggest band when I was in high school was Sublime because they're from Long Beach right. and they lived in Oxnard, and Oxnard's the next city over from where I grew up. Yeah. So uh, so there was a, probably a lot of Sublime. Okay, so wonderful tonight was the the song or the theme, but yes. so you didn't have decorations or anything. We had decorations, but I really, I don't really remember. Were your, was yours in your gym? <laughs> uh, it was in the gym, yes. So oh, I was it in that... the gym? It's a good question. My senior prom, I blocked so much of it out. Oh, no, my senior prom was at a, a hotel in, like, Westlake. Oh, okay. Something like that, or Woodland Hills. Yeah, cause, I mean, well, ours, we did a, oh, it was a small school, and I think there was, like, 170 kids in my graduating class, and then... We did a junior senior prom combined, and don't, don't, it was don't, don't always stop the beat. Can't 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 junior no. Go ahead. It was at the um, <laughs> Park Plaza in Boston. So oh, that's cool. It was a very nice ballroom. You know, had clouds painted on the ceiling. It was very elegant. So yeah, we weren't going to have like you know cray paper. You know, dinosaurs. You know, stuck up everywhere, or you know, <laughs> giant spangly stars hanging. So. It was it was it was pretty straightforward. Well, there you go. Yeah, so we didn't have like really a theme. I want to say it was like an old Hollywood theme. Now that, now oh, that is that why you dressed up as uh, Rhett Butler? I did. I went dressed as Rhett Butler to my senior prom, uh, and I went dressed <laughs> as Zorro to my junior prom. And uh, did uh, you? I did. Did you wear a mask? Uh, no, I had like a big. Uh, I had like the black shirt, black satin shirt, tight black pants, a big. Uh, red uh, I've Humber- always been fun. this weird I've always been this way <laughs> alright <laughs> it's just me what I remember speaking from my, of blocking things out <laughs> what I remember from my senior prom is I went with this girl I'd been dating like too long and uh, I don't I don't know how she felt but like I, I think like we'd been to a lot of dances together at that point and I was kind of like eh, whatever and uh, then we like right upon arriving at the prom she got crazy sick and she went to this chair in the lobby of the hotel and she was like, I'm just going to sit here. And, uh, and and I was like, OK, well, I'll sit here. You know, we'll just spend prom here. We'll talk to people as they walk by. And she's like, no, 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 you go have fun. And I was like, OK, cool. And I didn't see her again <laughs> to like the very end of the night. Wow. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> It was not my proudest male wow. moment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so moving on. Anybody moving in the on. chat room have some fun uh, prom chat themes? Room in the Molly Keeper said her prom was at Valhalla States in Tahoe. Wow. Nice. Uh, yes, junior senior prom uh, was also at my um, at my uh, high school as well. Six. So that because uh, people were asking <laughs> why are there so many non seniors at the Glee prom, uh, and uh, that was very common. At, oh yeah. Uh, at least where I went to school, that was from. Yeah, us too. Uh, Joey's baby says that uh, their junior prom is this year. Not sure what the theme is, though. Uh-huh. Ooh, well, that's going to be coming up. Fananarama said, My soul prom memory is having a fight with my date about a pizza, and my hair was big. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, Aww. when I was in high school, it was a huge scandal, not only in my high school, but like citywide, that two girls wanted to go together. But oh. not romantically. Right. They just wanted to go because they couldn't find dates. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember that the argument against that was that this was selfish. Um, and even then, I didn't quite understand that argument. Wow. Um, now, I just kind of think it's, you know, it's freaking high school. Who gives a crap? 
But at the time, I mean, people take that stuff so seriously. We had two girls that went to prom together, and they both were in Texas. No, no, they were just in the drama club, and they didn't have um, they didn't have dates, so they both wore tuxes, and they were so cute. They got the black tux with the pink bow tie and the pink cummerbund. They're adorable. <laughs> It was it was Colleen and Jackie. That's so funny. I totally forgot about that. There you go. So that uh, must have meant you couldn't go single. So um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's very cool. That's yeah, very progressive. I think they're both married now. Red Feathers said that their graduating class had twenty five people in it. So everyone came to prom. Wow, that's pretty wild. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, so there you go. A uh, little bit of prom memories from us. Yeah. Um, now, oh, prom. we have, of course, Glee's prom. This is our second Glee prom. Yes. And uh, the episode entitled Promosaurus. Promosaurus. Jennifer, what did you think of <clears throat> Promosaurus? I thought it was okay. I, yeah, I didn't feel really strongly about the whole episode either way. I think there were some things that, um, would have been more disappointing if I hadn't kind of come to a certain resolve several episodes ago with certain things that were happening. Well, like the whole Quinn thing. Oh, so, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing really outstanding and nothing too, you know, horrible for me. I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of indifferent about it. I mean, it was That's- enjoyable enough. Yeah, you know, I, I feel exactly the same way. I feel incredibly just like this episode could have not happened and I wouldn't particularly care. Um, yeah. I think the, the the struggle I have with this episode is that um, I actually think that this episode was structurally and musically and writing and performance far and away worse than The Spanish Teacher. However, yeah. it was so rooted in the mythology of glee whereas the spanish teacher had all this like weird stuff you know and a guest star that can be so dicey and and uh the song choices or it felt like the music was worse in this one but the song choices in the spanish teacher were just out and out annoying like like in a way i feel like this was a worse episode than the spanish teacher for me yeah but because it was so kind of lazy or apathetic and just strange that it didn't like it didn't leave that create that lasting anger that the Spanish teacher created. Um, But this episode was written by Ryan Murphy, who usually has a much better who who has a much better history writing the show than this episode and directed by um, uh, by Eric Stoltz, who usually is a much better director on the show. Yeah. I mean, there was something that you you said when we watched it again tonight that um, sort of reinforced something I was feeling last night. And it kind of got the impression that they were trying to pay homage to different movies that were set in high schools. Like, so, you know, Sue and Becky and the xylophone doing the morning announcements. Yes. Very, very much like Grease, like you pointed out. Then, like, the whole thing when, you know, Rachel gets prom, um, prom queen and she's kind of, like, walking slow motion to the to the stage with this soft music in the background. Everybody's kind of, like in awe of what's happening and I'm like okay that's very carry and then the whole theme of you know like we're you know prom isn't for us prom is for other people so we're going to do our own party and I'm sure that's been done you know in several several you know dozen teen movies yeah I mean you could actually in a way this is kind of the way Ryan Murphy in the early episodes that he wrote of uh, uh, of American Horror Story uh-huh. where he would kind of stitch all of these 
different horror concepts together into yeah. one episode and really directly uh, reference you yeah. know specific moments in different horror films. He kind of did that one in this as well, but with prom, yeah, it just felt really imbalanced that way. And and yeah, I. I, I I don't know. It was a very strange episode yeah. structurally. And like the energy in it was just kind of off too. I mean, there were, there were some moments when we're like, okay, this should be more impactful, but why aren't I feeling anything? Yeah. There's, it just kind of felt like, hmm. And again, I think part of that is because I kind of gave up a few weeks ago on, you know, expecting certain things from the show. Yeah, it's it's um it's a bummer that this is coming now because yeah. we have two two hour episodes to come up, mm-hmm. and uh, two hour episodes are really hard. You know, any show will prove that a two hour episode. I mean, that's a lot. That's a big thing yeah. to maintain interest over that much time. Yeah. is a big challenge. I I, I think it's an incredibly uh, dangerous thing that we're about to embark on with yeah. two two hour episodes in a row. Um, and this is kind of not the way I want to go into it. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I was just frustrated about it. Um, this has to be possibly in the entire run of the show. This has to be the first time there was not a single song that I liked in this episode. And not even like a single performance that I liked in this episode. There was not a single song that I could stand performed in this episode. This is this is how much the music bothered me in this episode. My really? favorite song in the episode was by One Direction. Okay? That's <laughs> that was, how much the music angered me in that, this one. Is that that was the best performance in the show. Yeah. And the least just... Like, least just poorly written song. I mean, my God, that dinosaur song, as I was playing, as I was playing, I thought either this is the equivalent of like my cup for this episode where it's supposed to be incredibly, this is literally what I'm thinking as I'm watching it because I've never heard this song before. I'm thinking this is either the equivalent of my cup, which is supposed to be intentionally Mm -hmm. written bad so that it fits Britney's character or it's a Kesha song. And it's a Kesha song. I swear to God. That's, I was thinking, like, that's the only way that this song could be so horrible and yet be in yeah. Glee. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it is really catchy. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's very catchy, but yes, very annoying and, and rather insulting, you know? It, it, you, it know, it, just you know? Just Brittany bad. just gave her a little speech about bullying earlier in the episode, but now she's, you know... Making fun of old men. And and kind of interesting, too, that she makes two jokes about bullying on the show that takes bullying very seriously. Yeah. Both times it came up in this episode, it was both, they were both in jest. It's not, I mean, it's not, not the worst thing in the world. Right. And it's coming from Brittany. But it right. was a little strange that, like, the, and plus it's written by Ryan Murphy, who mm-hmm. is the, you know, the kind of flagship um, moral voice on this show and he's the one that's making jokes yeah. not that I mean I, I, you know from the world of television writing I can't television writing I can't really say that he wrote every joke in the show but he is more or less you know mm-hmm. in charge of right. this particular one right um, but yeah it was a weird that, that <laughs> aspect of it was just like there's only five songs in the episode which is not horrible no um, but yeah it was a tough one man it this is a tough one and now I can't even remember but um Take my breath away? Come on. You hate that song? Or are you just done well, with it? Yeah, more I'm just done with it. But also I felt their performance on it was very, um, well, to coin a podcast we used to do, was very cruise ship. Like ah. it was very a karaoke performance well, of the song. You know, they needed Quinn. They needed a song that Quinn could sing. 
I think um, that was part of it. Oh, you but mean because yeah, she kind of another ballad. Real house. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing too is that um, all the songs in this were kind of time appropriate. So I was like, okay, they're trying to go for a very kind of prom appropriate, like modern right. day prom appropriate. The yeah, same time, very high school. Last year when they did the prom episode, it was the same kind well, of way, right? I mean, a lot of like really current, yeah. up to date songs. I guess they did finish off with Love Shack last year, but Take My Breath Away is just like you know, like I, I don't. I'm sure that was popular when it came out at prom, but since then it is a punchline. <laughs> like, oh. I can't. Im- it's, I don't there's know, just I something better. I haven't been to prom in a done. while. I haven't I haven't been to yeah <laughs> <laughs> many many years. Uh, that's true. It has been a while since I went to a prom. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, like they could have done Lady in Red. That's the quintessential <laughs> bad overused prom song. Yeah. Uh, and we are family. Yeah. So, um, let's, well, let's listen to a song. Because uh, <laughs> it was your favorite part of the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're talking about the music. We might as well listen to one. Um, the, I asked everybody at the beginning of the show uh, in the chat room, which song should I play? And uh, Dinosaur was the first suggestion. And the second suggestion was Big Girls Don't Cry. So we will go ahead and take a listen to this song. This, of course, being Big Girls Don't Cry, as performed by Chris Colfer. Darren Chris and Rachel Bay. Liam Michelle. Uh, Michelle <laughs> uh, here on the Gleeful Podcast. Smell of your skin lingers on me now. You're probably on your flight back to your hometown. I need some shelter of my own protection, baby. Be with myself and center Clarity, peace, serenity being corrected in the chat room the uh last song at prom last year was dancing queen and ah, love shack was the valentine's day episode so go. thank you for that yeah. um yeah it, i don't know and this is again this is another song that like i just don't like as a song like i just think it's a, a mm-hmm. dumb song but um it was kind of an awkward place in the plot i don't know it didn't really gel for me there yeah. was some about it that just didn't quite work yeah, I mean, I think to, you know, convey what Rachel was going through, they might have found a, a, a better song, but they kind of needed to set it up so that, you know, you know, Kurt and Blaine were going to be there for her, and then they could then form this anti-prom party. So, I, I don't know. Like, to me, it was just very utility, you know, and it had... Big girls don't cry. Yeah, so it's definitely on the news. Or on the news. On the nose. On the nose. <laughs> it's definitely on the nose. Um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we liked about the episode. We've been pretty negative up to this point, so we can definitely take some time to talk about some things we did like. Um, I, I actually, I'm, 
I don't want to say I have anything against One Direction. I really don't have any big problems with One Direction, except that like I'd like to put a filter on my browser uh, so that I only have to see their name like once or twice a minute. Um, or I just need to start going to different websites. Yeah, apparently. probably. The way I put that, I was like, wait a minute. But they'll just pop up in the most random places. Well, like, I don't know what you're looking at. You can't get away from One Direction right now. Um, but Other I actually, than, oh no, they didn't. I actually liked that song. I liked the vibe of that song. I, li- I liked that it was a song, it was a, sh- a performance done by, you know, the kind of second string characters. The guys. That was fun. I liked that aspect they of it. They totally over um, auto-tuned Cordova uh, uh, Street. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, I don't know if that's how the song, I've never heard a One Direction song, or at least I'm not aware of ever hearing a One Direction song. They but did yeah, I this on. That was a lot um, of fun. They did this one on Saturday Night Live, and it was. It might as well have been pre-recorded. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that episode. Remember? Yeah. Oh, did I accidentally delete that one? No. So is it the one Sofia Vergara? Yeah. No, yeah, I never saw that. Was it? It might. Yeah. Oh, then I would have watched it on YouTube yeah. or on uh, Hulu. Hulu. Um, there you go. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I I didn't see it. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun and it felt it felt like prom like it felt like they were really all there together they were really all kind of you know getting ready to you know celebrate the end of the year and to say goodbye and it, it, it you know it, it seemed really fun uh, not much more yeah well I mean I I, I really liked um, Cord and uh, uh, Amber yes. in this one. The Sam and Mercedes uh, plot line was kind of sweet. Their moment on the dance floor where, you know, he, he said, uh, I remember when you told me we were never going to get together. I mean, I thought that was, that was a really sweet callback to the mm-hmm. first season. Um, and I guess I'm reaching now. Like, there yeah. wasn't a... Uh, there are, it's also one of those episodes where not a lot happened for as much chatter as yeah. there was. Not a whole heck of a lot happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I liked the fact that Finn chose Rachel over over Quinn. There you go. And then he went back, and then he, you know, with them, got them all to go back to prom together. I'm glad that they all got to experience it. Yeah. And I thought it was hysterical how they handled Darren Chris's hair. <laughs> See. Okay. I mean, seeing Darren Chris with the big hair was kind of hilarious because that's what he looks like in all those YouTube videos before right. he actually got on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's pretty hilarious. And what was the story read that like when he auditioned, somebody was like, "You need to clean yourself up" or really? something. You told me that oh, story. Oh well, I remember his hair was even longer. Like if you look, yeah, it was really big. If you look at the cover of his album. Yeah. It's really long. Yeah, it's, it's really cute, long though. and bushy. It's cute. Um, it's very white man's fro, no doubt. Uh, the problem is, though, that like that was an entire plot line about hair gel. <laughs> like, well, it's a just... big old massive plot line about hair gel. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it didn't need to be that big of a plot line, but I guess that just means there was so little else going on. Yeah, it, it was like, and that's the thing like if there was there there should be too much emotion tied up in prom that we're wasting our time with hair gel plot lines yeah i mean mean, everything else was so like okay so um the whole thing about rachel just giving up is kind of bothering me like she's she's packing away all of her dreams which now she says are very childish and and um you know beyond her right now and it's like 
I don't understand how one thing, and she doesn't even know if she didn't get in, but how does she know, like, how could just one thing derail her entire, you know, her dream? Well, she's always been pretty over-emotional, and I guess it's fresh. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, you're right. It's a bit of a, I don't know. Honestly, my struggle was that... um, kind of like Santana had said like why are you faking it like why are you trying so hard to look normal that part of Rachel doesn't read to me Rachel never hid her emotions mm-hmm. um, in this way you know she she was in pain in public and she wanted your sympathy and and right. you know that's that's what quite frankly that's like what performers do I mean right. you know uh, not to like call up another show that I know not everybody's in love with but like on Smash every time Ivy goes through the tiniest bit of drama she yeah. goes to everyone else and she says listen to me bitch I just want to sit here and sigh and be depressed and you all look at me while I sigh and be depressed that's accurate yeah <laughs> like that's the yeah. way that personality operates well, so when it started off with Rachel, Rachel being very zen about it even though i you know it's probably an act it just didn't play for yeah. me that aspect of it yeah there's just something that i just you know and then her her dressing up okay so her pulling all her items down from a bulletin board her dressing up like barbara streisand and going through this whole thing like maybe she was trying to get gain closure i mean maybe you know she's matured you know she has something more in her life than just her her acting and her singing you know she she has a fiance you know but yeah. i just don't understand and i yeah okay maybe maybe something is going to happen later maybe she's going to have this big breakthrough and you know or breakdown and you know it was she was just hiding her feelings and 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 you know pretending it wasn't there and and maybe she'll have this you know, whole resurgence and then she'll look at other schools or realize that she can do so much more than just Niata. I don't know. Again, it's like I don't want to yeah. build myself up, you know, for a satisfying ending because that doesn't usually happen. Yeah, I, it's it was just kind of tough. It was just yeah. one of those episodes where I felt like, re, you know, reading it or watching it, reading it, watching it, <laughs> I often felt like... um this person doesn't really watch Glee. I know that's horrible, but like there were so many aspects of this episode where I felt that this person, the the writer of this episode feels kind of out of touch with yeah. the rest of the series uh, in a weird way. Now, um, th- th- we've also got, you know, a, uh, a pretty interesting concept uh, or a, pr- a pretty interesting storyline with Quinn in this one um, it seemed like Quinn had been doing a lot of growing you know getting stronger she's been you know talking a lot about God and um, and then in this one it was kind of a weird resurgence of old Quinn like kind mm-hmm. of last vestiges of who Quinn used to be mm-hmm. and I liked that I mean I think that the concept of like that being still inside her some way, somewhere, I thought was really cool. I mean, that's kind of the way human beings are. You know, we can grow and we can change and everything. But at the end of the day, there's certain essential elements of our personality. And, and she still wasn't in high school. I mean, she can go to Yale with a clean slate 
and be a totally evolved grown up. Right. Um, but she still was in high school and, and her whole life she wanted to be prom queen. And here's her chance to be prom queen. She just has to be conniving one more time. Right. And, you know, uh, and tell herself that the ends justify the means, um, which I think is essentially I think that's the way that like insecure people justify doing horrible things. But yeah. um, I think that in that moment she was. <laughs> that said, I kind of needed the show to acknowledge a little bit more. That she was doing this, that it was so out of the character we know Quinn right now. Because it could have been a really cool moment for Finn to be like, hey, this isn't you anymore. You're not this person. And, and if there's still this person inside you, that's fine. But you need to admit that, you know, this is the old Quinn behaving right now and not the new Quinn. Um, well, he did kind of call her on it. He's- well, he just said, get up and walk. Like, he was incredible. Like I was, t- I was talking over email with somebody today that like, um, I'm the number one Finn apologizer on this show. Like I apologize for Finn all day long, and I cannot apologize for Finn in this episode. His like trying to get her to stand up on the dance floor in her wheelchair and stuff, and like well, totally overreacting when she was standing in the bathroom. Like that was not. I mean, that was like for me that was out of character and just too much like just yeah. just you know unmotivated even like oh. i didn't know what was going no, on no it's it's okay it's totally not unmotivated because he he made a choice he you know his fiance who is you know reeling in her own disappointment right now and is so upset by just the sight of you know perfect quinn and perfect finn together that she can't even stand to go to prom and you know, she tells him all this and he's like, well, you know, I, I made a commitment and well, this is what I'm going to do. And so as soon the second he saw her standing, which I, I would have thought his first thought would have been like, oh, my God, you're standing. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. His and, first thought was like, oh, my God, I hate you. <laughs> and then wait a second. But then he's like, he was he felt betrayed. I mean, he was betrayed. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. I, I get that. But it just felt like. It was so aggressive. Yeah. Like, he went mm. so far. And yeah. there wasn't any ramp up to it. I mean, he he re- he barely even expressed his... Um, his an- he, he expressed his uncertainty to Quinn earlier. And she said, hey, I'm just going with it because this is how I'm going to win. Um, but-, but he didn't know that she was even at the point where she could stand, let alone walk. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess, did she ever walk? I guess in this episode she didn't walk. Or she walked on the bars. She walked on the bars and then she stood in the bathroom and then she stood at prom. That's true. And it's just like, okay, yeah. (laughs) It just felt too aggressive to me. And honestly. And in a character that's already on thin ice, which with 95% of the people watching this (laughs) show, I felt like they could have done him a few favors. That said, his speech to Rachel at the end after she got the crown, I thought was very sweet. Yeah. His bringing everybody and saying, this is my prom and I want you to enjoy it with me. And yada, yada. Right. I thought that that part was very sweet of him to do. Wow. Well, I, I, I guess I didn't react as badly to the whole Finn thing, <laughs> apparently. Because I think I was frustrated, too. And I was frustrated that, you know, like her getting to the po- that point in her physical therapy is a huge, huge thing. And then for her to use her chair for sympathy for votes, I thought was really pretty despicable. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, 
she even has that moment with Santana when she says, you know, we, we really did all right here in high school. We, we did anything, you know, we could do anything we wanted to anything we want to anybody we wanted. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are kind of bitches to everybody. True. And you think that earns you a crown? I don't know. I just like, I was really annoyed. <laughs> Obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, the show is pretty eager to reward uh, Quinn and Santana for their bad behavior. Yeah. You know, the, the, I mean, but that's, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's primetime television in general, if not our culture at the yeah, moment. Um, where you pretty much do horrible things and then go, I'm so sorry. And everybody goes, you grew. We love you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. They're definitely, the, they're getting off pretty easy. Santana yeah, and Quinn. And, and they're a, not acknowledging how easy they're getting off. Yeah, I mean, Santana's response was, "It would suck if we weren't so awesome." <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they weren't even awesome to each other. I mean, like they they were pretty horrible to each other for most of the time when they were, you know, on top together. Yeah. Yeah, I had a hard time with that. <laughs> Although there were a few, there were many times. I mean, Santana really has seemed to grow and is acting just just very sweet and loving and supportive of you know not only you know her girlfriend but you know her friends and I thought that was really kind of sweet and charming and I I do love how she was so shocked that Britney didn't get prom king because Dino prom was the best prom thing yeah, ever. Yeah, it was a total smash. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that's really cute. <laughs> and I swore she was wearing the same prom dress as last year, but now I remember the other prom dress had um, rosettes instead of... It, it was also red and asymmetrical. But, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's her look, apparently. <laughs> it works for her. <laughs> she, looks, uh, she looks good up there. Let's take a listen to a song. Uh, let's do Love You Like a Love Song. This is a Selena Gomez uh, banger. Uh, it's performed by Naya Rivera here on the Gleevo Podcast. And I guess right now here's another one. So your melody will play on and on with the best of us.
Jennifer, <laughs> love you like a love song, what'd you think? I thought it was fun. And again, a very prom. I mean, they play this in the club down the street, so... <laughs> I, I like danced that, this many a time. I like that my lady can be like, yeah, they play this in the club. They play this in the club. When I go to the club. In NoHo. <laughs> they, they play this song. Um, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. I you just didn't know. I just no. Yeah. It was fine. Oh, they also played on the radio. I just didn't make it. I just didn't like the it's, song. It's this new invention. It was just stupid. I don't have a radio <laughs> in my car. I have an iPod that I hook up to the speakers in my car, but I cannot get radio stations. Yeah. Such is the life. Um, let's listen to a voicemail. 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 Yay. Should we have a voicemail? We should have like a voicemail. Uh, intro kind of like. Intro music. Kind of like on the soup when they have reality <clears throat> show clips time. There you go. Voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. No. No? Not that one. Come on. Not that. All right, Ed. If you're listening, you're not listening. <laughs> you're, you won't listen to this episode. So when you listen tomorrow um, morning. But, yeah, when you listen to this, because I know that you listen the moment the podcast gets released. Ed, we need you to write a song to intro a voicemail. Voicemail. Uh, Do I get a shot? Yeah, absolutely. You want to write a voicemail song? Anybody wants to write a voicemail song? <laughs> uh, you can write a voicemail <laughs> song. Uh, Ed and Jennifer get priority one, though. So... Uh. Well, uh, I'd, I'd if it comes love to a tie, to, I'd like to hear different um, people's uh, voicemail songs. Take on it, yeah. Voicemail All right, here's a voice. Sarah and Caitlin, in this episode, we're not really sure if we liked it or not. On our official Glee rating scale, it receives a. I don't really know. Becky and Brittany really only work in small doses, and this was a shot straight to the heart. I mean, there were some cute moments and some fun performances, even if the songs were by artists I can't stand. But what was the point of Rachel's solo? And when Quid even be able to walk at this point? Ever since Joe did her therapy, I put very little stock in their depiction of Rehab. What really struck me as odd and kind of awkward is Rachel's new confidence that was all created by a lie. She thinks everybody believes in her and is inspired by her. But nobody actually voted for her, and it didn't make a difference for the school. It just made a difference for Rachel. And hey, wait, why haven't they gotten rid of write-in votes yet? <laughs> I really wanted Quinn to win, show character development, and have a Mean Girls moment where she broke the crown into pieces and threw them into the audience. Instead, we got Crazy Quinn. I could tell because they played the Crazy Quinn music. <laughs> and apparently Finn was getting too likable, so he tried to rip her out of the wheelchair. But at least that was better than the thin disguise of a blame plot that was just shameless plug for Star Kid and Derek Chris Fangirl. Oh, and disappearing from the Glee Club this week was Sugar, which was weird because you think Prom would be her scene. Well, we can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Hey, is Dinosaur a real song? I mean, it can't be a real song. I don't know, but it made me want to listen to Red Solo Cup on repeat. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> where was Sugar? That is a darn good point. Yeah, there was something. I was really. I thought of that last night, too, because, I mean, she loves doing these things, and, and she usually, you know, brings out her dad's money for something. Yes. And, I mean, who did who did Rory go with? Uh, oh, who was Rory's date? Yeah. Uh, it looked like Rory's date was Artie, actually. That's true. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. Uh, you well, know. Joe and Artie were dancing for a while. <laughs> my, my boss listened to... Uh, my boss at DreamWorks listened or watched an episode of Glee. He watched the Saturday Night Gleaver episode. And I don't know. I think he'd watched a couple before, but he'd never really watched them. And uh, I was in his office one day and he said, um, so um, this show's kind of about tolerance, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's 
that's pretty much that's that's pretty good recurring theme actually of Glee. Yeah, well, um, I think that's the the, the major thrust of the series acceptance uh, you know being yourself all those Mm -hmm. types of things uh you know sarah and caitlin brought up exactly what i was going to bring up next i was really i felt that there was no victory in seeing rachel berry win prom queen not Mm -hmm. only did it seem it almost seemed mean it seemed mean to her because one she's getting like they said she's getting the crown based on a lie and two, it seemed mean to that third girl who was nominated for prom queen. And, you know, like, no offense to her. She seemed like a lovely girl. But you don't know her name, when, do you? When Qu- no, absolutely not. Uh, when Quinn and Santana were doing that, like, we are so awesome. Let's change someone's life. Why don't you change the life of the girl nobody's ever met before? Like, Well, no, or enough people had met her to at least have voted for her. I guess, but, I mean, she did not look like the caliber of famous. Okay. I mean, she had a rap, for God's sake. Like, the, you know, Santana's standing up there in a multi-thousand dollar dress, and the other girl had a little black dress and a rap. Okay. (laughs) It did not show the extent of fame. Well... All right, but the nominees were submitted and counted probably by, I don't know, a faculty member? Like, okay, fine, I understand. You can't trust Brittany, or, you know, you can't trust um, Santana or you can't trust Quinn, so you had the two of them counting them together. <laughs> Where was the faculty? Exactly. Where that was just the... doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Uh, the, it, it was... This was one of those episodes where it felt like there were so many conceits that were just there to set up specific moments. Yeah. Like someone, Fananarama had said in the chat room a couple of minutes ago. Uh, I like um, the name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the Mighty Boosh is in the chat room as well. Nice. Uh, Fananarama had <laughs> said in the chat room that Glee, um, especially in this episode, it wants scenes that it doesn't earn. And I feel like the show mm. wanted Rachel to have this moment of acceptance by the group so bad that it was willing to jump through these crazy hurdles, these like bizarre plot leaps to be able to make them work. And, you know, I I don't take the whole it's glee, don't worry about it, or they've never shown, you know, continuity and consistency before. I don't take that as a valid argument. Right. But in this case, they went far and beyond. (laughs) Yeah. They went way out there for for to, to, to essentially build figure out how many ways they can you know it was all leading up to let's just set it all up so that we can have this Rachel moment at the end which was a nice moment but it wasn't earned and it felt false and it didn't feel like I didn't feel for her at all like it it didn't feel like a great moment to me because I was just sitting there going this is awkward you know tomorrow when everybody's standing in campus and they're like did you vote for her no did you vote for her no how did she win like you know that's going to come up. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think I think that was like lower down on my, you know, list of <laughs> annoying points. Um, I, th- I mean, like there's so many other things. It's like, like the whole thing with, you know, even Puck and Becky. So the, Puck says to Finn, well, I'm just going to stay here. I'll catch prom next year. And Finn, like, last episode was so hell-bent on getting him, you know, to pass and, and graduate. Yeah. And, this, and tonight he was just like, oh, okay, cool, see you later. 
<laughs> it was like, didn't even care that, oh, right, my friend is not graduating and he might go, you know, That's a true. second year here. Well, and, and, Rachel probably needed him more at the moment, but mm, yeah. Right, I know, I know. But he, <laughs> he still could have at least, you know, acknowledged it. And then the thing with Becky, it's like, I just felt bad that, I mean, like, I understand the symbolism and I understand that, you know, she was getting a crown but she was wearing half a beer box on her head yeah that was a prom that was a hard plot line that didn't feel empowering to me there was i felt like it was supposed to feel empowering and it yeah. did not feel empowering and i know it's even and i do i go back and forth and you know it's like okay she has these dreams and aspirations and she wants to be just like the other girls and unfortunately you know, one in 200 girls gets to be prom queen. So if anything, she's more like the other girls than the girl that actually wins prom queen. <laughs> so there's that. And she is a mean girl. I mean, I'm sure that's, you know, from years and years of not being treated like the other girls. But, you know, she is on the Cheerios now. And, and, and she has been invited in other groups and included in other things. But... She is kind of a mean girl. Yeah, I mean Ryan Murphy really likes to have his um, have his physically challenged characters play against type. Like mm-hmm. he had, you know, the other girl with cerebral palsy in American Horror Story, and all Down through syndrome, the yeah. Down syndrome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And and characters all through Nip Tuck. Yeah. And unfortunately, the only way he seems to know how to play against type is to make them mean. Okay. And, and, and I think unsympathetic, that's unsympathetic, maybe. And, uns- and, and well, I think yeah. in the end that makes them unsympathetic because you know her behavior in any character on that show mm-hmm. would have been a frustrating character to have on the show. I mean, mm-hmm. if anyone were to be acting like that, we would be disliking them and not understanding and being annoyed right. by them. Mm-hmm. There was no charm to it. There yeah. was no like fun beneath it. And I don't know if I don't know if the goal was because she's challenged that we should be like forgiving some of this or finding it kind of cute Mm -hmm. on those bases i'm not really sure but yeah i just kept thinking if any character behaves like this i'm going to hate them like it wasn't even all that funny it got to that point where it's like okay you've been doing this joke the entire episode yeah like first you were a rage queen and then you were doing this kind of like you know, really mean to Rachel game, and now you're really coming on to Puck. Like, there was never that moment of kind of human desire and charm and, like, you know, any kind of, like, there was no point of reference on that character that I could say, oh, okay, now I see where your heart actually is. And I can kind of feel for your your challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, which in this case had nothing to do with her physical ailment, but but had to do with her wanting to be from queen and not right. getting nominated. It's You could have done that exact same plot line with, you know, Mercedes mm-hmm. in this episode. And if Mercedes was acting like that in the hotel room, we would have been like, oh my God, I hate this person. Make them go away. Right. Well, it was <laughs> like when she pulled that diva act last season and, you know, with the glee club and had all these crazy demands. Everybody turned on her right away. And, you know... It just, it wasn't her. I mean, so we got a little bit of Becky, you know, who Becky is with her internal monologue. But, I mean, she doesn't ever let that out. Mm. I mean, she only she only shows the bitchy side of her to other people and controlling and, or, you know, putting down. I mean, because it, 
I mean, why not? It works so well for Santana. Yeah. So why not? The other thing that really bothered me about that whole storyline was in the beginning when um, Sue was trying to, you know, talk her down and say, listen, you know, it's 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 not you. Don't worry about it. You know, not everybody gets to be prom queen. And, yeah. and you know, with and what did she say? So I'm like, and with Quinn in the wheelchair, yeah. that would just split the sympathy vote. Quinn's already got the sympathy vote, yeah. And no, it was, she, she said, you know, it would split the sympathy vote. And I found that really insulting because I was <laughs> like, wait a second. Why, why does Becky need our sympathy? She's getting the same advantages of everybody else here. Well, I, I, I mean, I took that to be kind of a Sue kind of like just barely off sides line. Yeah. Um, so that didn't bother me as much. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, let's remember when Becky was coming on to Artie in the episode with Becky mm-hmm. and Artie. Right. Um, and that ended up being very charming. She uh, was the same kind of obnoxious character, but we saw the windows... We saw the holes in it where it was an overcompensation for insecurity, for desire, just like, you know, anybody who's that freaking obnoxious. Um, <clears throat> we saw her as a real person, mm-hmm. where in this time we didn't get to see any of those moments, really. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the struggle. You know, we didn't get to see uh, that the inner monologue was not very apologetic. The inner monologue was pretty much just a direct representation of the outer experience, right. the outer right. behavior, whereas before the inner monologue played against type mm-hmm. to the outer experience, so or the outer behavior. So, um, yeah, that, that was just a tough plot line to get behind. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, hey, to everybody, you know, to the ladies in the house and the boys that like it, uh, you know, Star Wars underwear, that was that was a big <laughs> victory for some people. I know I know there were probably uh, some screams of joy somewhere in Canada um, and, um, and, and, you know, and I, maybe a few in New York. So uh, you I was know, pretty happy. <laughs> there, I, there was, was I was pretty impressed with the uh, packaging. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Big ups. <laughs> high five. Uh, for the listeners, we did yeah. high five yeah. there. Because uh, <laughs> we're cool. Yes. Uh, but yes, so uh, hey, you know, um, it was it was a struggle on this one. There were, there were yeah. some challenges. Let's listen to another song, shall we? we got two more. Uh, let's listen to the ballad. Um, that was really loud. Uh, this, of course, being... Uh, Take My Breath Away, originally by Berlin. Mm. Who's the lead singer? Was it Terry Nunn? I say it's Terry Nunn. Uh, Berlin, from the, obviously from the soundtrack, the love theme to the soundtrack to Top Gun. Uh-huh. Kids, everybody wanted to join the Air Force. Yes. Uh, this is Naya Rivera and Diana Agron here on the Gleeful Podcast.
Nothing. You know, like flashing back to Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis back when he liked girls and she liked boys. Wow. And they were, they were wow. That, that silhouetted How long have you been scene. planning that? I actually just thought that up as I was saying it. That okay. was not a bad joke. That's impressive. That um, is impressive. Top Gun, uh, that was like such a moment for me as a child like I was obsessed with that flick when I was oh, a kid yeah. I thought that was the greatest movie ever now as a grown up I see that it's a pretty badass movie but it's also like a 98 minute advertisement for the Air Force and the oh. military armed forces but still that was super fun <laughs> <laughs> it was more than that it still holds up um, we were uh, inverted <laughs> Universal yeah. hand signals. You get the bird. What? The bird? Um, anyway, um, so yes, uh, we have one more thing to talk about before we go, uh, which was escaping me. Oh, so um, how did you feel? What was it? Yes. How did you feel when Quinn stood up? She's on stage. She's singing the song. She's mid-verse. Which I would have tried to stand up when I was not mid-verse. I would have let Santana take that for a minute. Yeah. But she's mid-verse. And, and she went for the stand. Three and a half inch pumps. Because the first time <laughs> I'm going to take steps in public after yeah. being in a paralyzing car accident. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to be in some damn baby doll slippers right now. <laughs> Cute little ballet slippers. Exactly. exactly. Um, I was indifferent. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was... I felt nothing this entire... Well, not nothing. I felt very little this entire episode. I just felt it was no big deal. And in doing it in the middle of all of this, although, you know, you got a few very surprised and, um, you know, shocked expressions from people, I think it's extremely dismissive because we know the next episode... They're barely going to talk about the fact that, you know, Quinn had, Quinn's recovery from this accident has come this far. Mm. It's just going to be like, yay, she's yeah, fine. It's, it, it's just, again, so dismissive. And, it, and I just, like, I know she wanted to be, like, you know, this big, like, ah, oh. And it's, then it's like, I also kind of feel like, okay, she, she and Santana do what in their mind is a wonderful thing by giving Rachel the crown. But now, she's stealing her thunder. Exactly. That's exactly what went through my head. The, like, here's this moment where everybody's doing a love song. It's, mm-hmm. like, all about you and your, and your date. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the moment you're going to remember until the day you die. This moment at the last moment. Of, well, maybe not till the day you die, but at least until Tuesday. Oh, you're going to remember this moment. Uh, and it's going to be great. And then Quinn is like, hey, everybody. This moment's my moment now. Yeah. I own this moment, and it doesn't belong to any of you. That that was the, my big takeaway from that. And, mm-hmm. and you're right. I think that was the biggest challenge with this one is um, it was an episode that really should have been very emotional. Oh, yeah. Didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel a thing. I didn't yeah. just kind of, yeah, emotionally it just felt flat across the board yeah. for me. And that was very, very Annoying, I think, yeah. was the word I'm looking for. Well, and, and frustrating, and it's because it's not like we don't care about these characters. It's not like, you know, like every fifth episode they'll surprise me and I get a little teary eyed and I kind of forget how much I care about these characters. Mm-hmm. And then they do this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's totally true. I mean, this is a show that you and I and Ed and all the listeners, I mean, we don't just watch Glee. Like, we we watch Glee. Yeah. Like, we watch every Repeatedly episode multiple times. Analyze, we study analyze, it, we talk about it. Rewind, we are so invested in these characters <laughs> as people that, like, you know, if yeah. I met if I met Artie on the street and he was not in his wheelchair, it would take me a moment. And I just <laughs> called him Artie, you'll notice. Um, so, I mean, we are totally invested in these characters. And when they're mistreated, or at least where they act out of character, mm-hmm. um, it is... It, it bothers us, you yeah. know. It really bothers me. We, yeah. we, and we own these. In my opinion, we own these characters as much as the people who created them and the people that put words and actions in their mouths every week. <laughs> uh, we've certainly we have, invested enough time. Yes, I was gonna say, and I and I feel like we have more of a more of a, a, a caring nature or feeling toward them. Because oh, we're totally cheering for their success. Every week we cheer for their success. Yeah. And every week, I mean, that's what's so that's what's so great about our community. I mean, one of the great things about the Gleeful Podcast community is that every one of us would be more than happy to watch Glee next week and have it be better than it ever was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It probably won't, and, and we're going to watch it anyway. <laughs> But I would, I'm like, I'm totally open and ready. And I believe that it's still possible. Deep inside, I still believe that it is possible that next week could be the greatest Glee episode ever made. It has the ability. It absolutely could happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like. People will still hate Finn. But (laughs) just telling you. It could (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, when they, the episode when Quinn got in her accident, it brought me back. I was like, okay, thank you. I'm not crazy. There is something really great here. I knew I felt something at some point. And 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 now I'm, you know, getting kind of in that, you know, sad neglected space again. This was this was a tough one. Yeah. This was definitely an episode and last week was a little rough where it's been a little yeah. uh we're starting to feel a little neglected again. Um yeah. wouldn't it be hilarious if beginning of next episode is like a big uh, Quinn dance number. Like she's out of the chair. She's already doing it. Like well, she is ready to go. And the other thing too, it's like, it's no longer just Quinn. You know, we need to, there's going to be emotional fallout from Artie now. Yeah. Which is, which is a really cool thing to explore, but I don't know if we have the time. Oh, we barely have time to explore like, the major things that are happening because yeah. we're too busy. So, so this week it was because we're too busy talking about Blaine's, Blaine's hair, hair products. Oh yeah. my god! Next week there's going to be a, a, a ban on uh, flood pants and no socks. Oh my god! And and bow ties. And no bow ties. more bow ties. Oh um, okay, but seriously, what? I loved, I loved, loved, loved what Kurt was wearing to prom. That was exactly what I was going to ask you. You did like that? I outfit? did. I thought it was like. So understated, but still <laughs> really cool and still very unique, you know, still very curt. But I liked him kind of like, you know, without the fashion accessories, without, you know, the the the, the button up. I thought he looked great. I My challenge was it was a pair of goggles away from steampunk. I don't care. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh. Drink. Drink. Uh, but no, yeah. he, was too un- he was too unbuttoned for steampunk. <laughs> That's, it wasn't, knew, it wasn't tight enough. You needed uh, a high and tight vest and an ascot or something. I don't know. 
Well, uh, I think that's about all I got for the the Promisaurus, Jennifer. I think that's, yeah. All right. And, you know, once again, the show being very self-aware and um, Principal Figgins uh, addressing Brittany's lack of presidency or presidential actions. She had done nothing but uh, one memo written in cram that said drill, baby drill. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because that is like a four-year-old joke. I was tr- I was waiting for them to bring a more current, relevant point to yes, it. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That was, was an like, old uh, ass joke. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, there you go. We don't have Ed to thank any iTunes reviewers, but uh, we would definitely we would if he was. Uh, what do you got? And a new um, a new Glee fan page on Facebook. Oh, there's a new Glee. Oh, Proud yeah. Gleeks for Life. Proud Gleeks for Life. Okay, check it out. Okay, check that out. Uh, yes, you can also check out our other fan pages at gleefulpodcast.webs.com and gleefulpodcast. Or I think it's gleefulfans.web. Or glee- uh, Crap, I'm check. forgetting it. I know um, it by I know it by sight. Yes, and then, uh, of course, uh, uh, gleeful... Uh, gleefulfans.tumblr yes I believe the other one yes. so uh, but yeah check those out uh, you can find our website at gleefulpodcast.com uh, and on twitter at gleefulpodcast I'm at Josh Fernell she's at Jenny B Creative he's at Edward Giordano and on Facebook you can search for uh, Gleeful Podcast and find us on Facebook Whew. Uh, so. Nicely done. I, I didn't even want to make eye contact with you. You're Don't such distract. on a roll. I'm being told in the chat room many things, but in this particular <laughs> Specifically. case. Specifically. And, I, and I'm, I'm wrong about everything. Uh, I'm being told that I'm wrong. Uh, is what that, was I, is oh, that Josh's wife? <laughs> we used to say, and it's totally true, but we used to say like, man, we got to do the podcast. I'm starting to think that I'm right about something. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad now with Glee, but with Idol, it was like everything you said, you got Ugh. 10 emails that were like, you are wrong. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, not I'm being just, told I in disagree. the podcast that the finale is actually an hour. So we've got a two-hour episode and then an hour. I don't know if that's true. Ed would know. Ed I knows these things. try to keep my expectations in check. Yes. But, but I'm, uh, I am very open to being um, pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. Well, that's <laughs> that's what coming back. Yeah. That's what keeps us coming back. <sighs> it could be regionals, man. Ooh. We could get... We could get a regionals, oh. and that would be amazing. Um, that would be nice. And uh, we will look forward to seeing everybody next week. Um, if I forgot anything, I apologize. Thank <laughs> you very much to Sarah and Caitlin once again for leaving your voicemail. Uh, and and uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen and I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And for Ed, shining down all over the world except when the monsoon strikes. Peace out. Good night, everyone. Oh,